0: Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here, whether this is your first time or maybe you hang out with me every single time I upload a new podcast. I'm so glad you're here hanging out with me. My goal this year was to try to upload something every week and so far I'm doing a really good job. So thanks for hanging around. If you're new here to my podcast, I'd love for you to hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on anything happening here on my podcast. Well, hey, I want to talk to you about how to know that you've grown. How to know that you've grown. Uh, it was funny, it was a few years ago. A bear came home and he was talking about how his feet have been hurting. And he said, "Mom, I just think maybe I might need a new pair of shoes." And so, I was like, "Okay, we'll we'll go and get your, you know, feet size and go check it out." And so we went into the store, and uh, somebody came over and helped us. And I let them know that I think he probably is a size bigger than what he currently is. Um, But I wasn't really sure. And so they got the foot measure guy over there and, you know, the little metal plate and put his foot on there. And she goes, ma'am, what size shoes is he wearing? And I told her and she goes, okay, he's measuring two and a half sizes bigger. And I was like, what? And this whole time, poor bear was wearing these shoes that were two whole sizes. So really technically it'd be five sizes because you know you go half sizes it's two and a half sizes like two whole numbers uh bigger and so I was like oh my gosh my son has been walking around in shoes that are like five sizes too small for him I couldn't believe it like it was like overnight he went from being like a size seven to a size nine and a half and my brain couldn't even comprehend it, cause really, truly, like as I'm just living life with him, I I didn't realize how much he had grown. In fact, growing up, uh, my mom had this clown poster. Uh, mom if you're listening to this you probably remember it had like a clown on it and she loved to measure us and see how much we'd grown and it was always so exciting to me because time would go on and and she would call us in and we'd all line up and take our turns and see uh, what we measured at and it was always so crazy to me to see the big difference of from the last time I was standing there And I think a lot of times in our spiritual life, we don't even realize how much we've grown. And so I want to talk to you today. Um, I believe that I have seven areas uh, for you to measure and see that you have grown. The Bible tells us this in Romans 12.2. In Romans 12.2, it tells us that to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. To not be conformed to the world, right? But to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So the way that we have a changed life is that God begins to change our thoughts and our thoughts are the building blocks of what we're building our tomorrows with. And it's those little thoughts, those little things. Um, I love Brian's dad. I was listening to him yesterday at one college. Uh, he was teaching our students about the fiery darts of the enemy and about how in Ephesians six, it tells us to take up the shield of faith that we might quench the fiery darts of the enemy. And he's talked about how the fiery darts of the enemy is thoughts right and it's when those thoughts begin to uh, we begin to accept those thoughts and dwell on those thoughts that the enemy is sending our way That it begins to shape how we see God, how we see the world around us. But I would just encourage you, too, that God has thoughts coming your way that we can begin to meditate on. And it's when we begin to meditate on the right things instead of the wrong things that our life begins to change. So seven ways that you can measure your growth and see how much better you're doing than where you used to be. Um, Number one, you begin to live your life in hope. You begin to live your life in hope. Uh, I remember used to, most of my thoughts were centered around despair. I was thinking about myself. I was thinking about how hopeless my situation was. And I remember one day I realized this, that I started to have this hope on the inside of me. And hope is simply defined as a confident expectation that something good is going to happen. And I want to encourage you that any thought that doesn't produce hope is rooted in a lie. And there is a spirit that is that of God that is wanting to point towards our future hope that he has planned for us. And the enemy always wants to make us feel hopeless. And so anytime that I feel hopeless, it's because I believed a lie from the enemy instead of... The truth of God's word. I begin to believe the lie that it's always going to be this way. That I'm never going to get out of this situation. That bad things just happen to me. That good things never are in my future. And when I begin to meditate on those lies, it begins to rob the hope in my life. And so I found in my life that whenever i find a fear a spirit of foreboding which foreboding spirit basically is this is it's waiting for the next foot to drop it's when you start to live your life and you start thinking okay things are just too good like something bad's about to happen and what is that that's a foreboding spirit and and whenever i found that it's because i believed a lie from the enemy And I want to encourage you that you start to see the growth in your life when hope starts springing up. Kind of like right now as we're getting ready for spring, the little buds are forming on the trees. And they're a promise of the beautiful uh, leaves that are going to be all over that tree in just a few months, right? But that's what hope is. It's like these little springs of hope begin to come up in our spirit. And instead of used to, our mind would go down this negative path. Now, this little shoot of green hope begins to peek through and says, maybe things are going to turn around. Maybe, maybe God is forming. Maybe, uh, maybe God is working on my behalf. Maybe uh, the promotion is going to come my way. The second thing I found is that I begin to live in peace. I remember the first time that I wasn't in torment and it actually made me feel uncomfortable. I had lived my entire life in shame and like this turmoil in my spirit and every day was difficult, and every day was hard, and I remember going to bed every single night and feeling shame, like feeling like I wasn't a good enough daughter, I wasn't a good enough wife, I wasn't a good enough friend, I wasn't just a good enough person, right? I would go down the list every single night as I got ready for bed, and I remember one day God set me free of that, and then living in peace felt so uncomfortable because I was so used to shame. I was so used to living my life uh, feeling that heaviness. And I want to encourage you that you can live your life in peace. That it doesn't have to be a place that you visit. It doesn't have to be something that you go and find, but it can actually be something that you produce on the inside of you. Because God, one of his names, is Prince of Peace. And he says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So think about this, that if God says he'll never leave us nor forsake us and his name is Prince of Peace, that means everywhere I go, peace is available to me. So I, I don't have to wait for vacation to find peace or I don't have to wait till this situation uh, changes to find peace. But I can literally just go on the inside and there's plenty of peace for me. And so, a sign that I've grown is not measured by how much is going on in my life, how many things are going wrong, but how much peace I'm able to live in in the midst of difficult things. And number three is when the impossible seems reasonable. And I love this so much because I remember when faith started being the lens that I started to view things through, and I started waking up thinking, you know what? I I think God could do anything. Like I started living the, my life with this perspective that at any moment God can turn something around, at any moment God could bring a breakthrough, at any moment my life could change, and all of a sudden impossible began to seem reasonable. I remember when we were in the midst of a building campaign uh, for our church and. We were in the very early years and there was a guy that came in that was going to help us out on how to you know raise funds for our church campaign that we were doing and we were talking to him and he was so moved by our staff's faith and he said but do you guys actually know that something's going to happen that i don't know about because you say it with such confidence and we were like no we just know that our god is faithful And I I love that because uh, you can see that you're growing in God when you see the boldness in your prayers. You begin to start praying to God for big things. You're no longer just praying for God to bless your food, but you're boldly declaring God's will and His purpose over your life. Number four, you like yourself and know when you are weak that He is strong. I think this is incredible the more I grow in God the more comfortable I am in who I am like it's enough I was telling my counselor the other day I said I just don't know you know used to if you guys have been around for a while you know that I used to have online coaching I used to help business owners I used to help people set goals and and visions for their life and and not that I think that that's bad but it's just not my season anymore and I told her, I said, I find myself you know, coming into this new year and I don't know if I'm complacent or not, I'm apathetic. And she said, I think it's interesting that the fact that you don't have goals, you think the two words that you thought of are both sad words, like complacent and apathetic, which represent like sadness. And she goes, perhaps you're not complacent or apathetic, but you're actually just content. And I was like, that's it. And I think the more you grow in God, the more you're like, I am just happy with what God's done. Like I'm believing God for more, but I don't have to have the more to qualify who I am. Like who I am is enough. What I have is enough. What I've achieved is enough. Like I don't need anything else to make me feel significant. And I feel like I am now at this place At 25, I'm having a big birthday this year. I'm turning 25. And I think that I'm finally in this place where I'm like, I'm just so comfortable with Crystal Sparks. And I know that the things that God has for Crystal Sparks belong to Crystal Sparks. Like there's nothing I can do to get it. There's nothing that I can um, achieve to, to merit it coming into my life. All I have to do is just show up as God's daughter and it's enough. You know, I think it's interesting that it's it's when our, I'm weak that he is strong. And I think it's funny because with God, he's like, hey... Show me your five greatest strengths. And then we tell God, I'm actually really good at this and this and this. And God's like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to use you in any of those. I'm actually going to use you at the things that you're terrible at. Like the things that you don't feel qualified, that you don't feel good enough. Yeah, that's the area. Like Moses, uh, he's out there keeping sheep. He must have been doing a good job, right? Like he's been doing this job for a good season. And God shows up and he doesn't talk to him about sheep herding. He talks to him about using his voice. And he's like, God, I can't use my voice. Like, I'm, I'm a stutterer. Like, I'm, I'm slow of speech. I'm not even that good. And God goes, Yeah, but because you're not confident in that, because you're weak in that area, I'm gonna show myself strong. And I've found that in my life, it's the areas that I shy away from that are painful to me. In fact, I will say to most people listening, if you want to see the area that God's going to show up in his greatest power, look to the places in your life with greatest pain. And I I will say in my life, I know the places that were the deepest pain in my life are now the most powerful and fruitful areas in my life. You think about Paul. Paul, here he was, He was a Pharisee. He was well-trained in the law. He knew Jewish custom. He was on the ends with Jewish leaders. And God shows up and powerfully transforms his life. And he says, hey, guess what? I'm not going to use you with Jewish people at all. I'm actually going to take you over here to these Gentile people. Like, God used the opposite strength, right? Like, you would think that God would use him in the area he was strong at, but he didn't. And then he takes Peter who has messed up he's fallen short he's flawed and jewish people didn't want to be around people who had messed up and god says hey peter like i'm going to send you to the jewish people it's like i've found so many times in our life like god's gonna use us in those areas and i think the reason why is because when we're totally weak we're not self-reliant we're god reliant and we are in a place where god if you don't show up i i can't do this and literally Every time I get up and speak, I will be on the front row and I literally lift my hands to heaven and I tell the Lord, God, I am just an offering on the altar. Like without you, I'm nothing. So you know who I am. You know my humanity. You know uh, my skill set. You know my education. You know all of it. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just show up because without you, I I can't do this. And I found that the greater level of surrender I have in my life, the greater the anointing begins to flow through my life. And that's an area where I can see that I've changed. I I actually like myself. I I would go further. I love myself. Like, I love the person that God created. Uh, Number five, you begin to forgive quickly. You forgive quickly. I believe that an area that you can see yourself grow is when you stop being a scorekeeper and you begin to just let things go you're you're not somebody that's holding grudges um, you're actually the opposite people do wrong to you and you forgive quickly you know I, I think we forget that one of the fruits of the spirit is mercy and a mercy gift is this is that they're just able to forgive and completely forget it. And I've found in my life that God's so faithful to do this for me. is He's helped me on the journey that the more I forgive, and I'll say this, that the more I look to the cross and I realize all that Christ has forgiven me of, I can't help but forgive other people. I remember one time I was really upset with somebody and I was like, God, they they did this to me and they didn't go through on this commitment. And then they let me down on this thing. And then they owed me this and I gave them money and then I helped them out. And then all they did was talk bad about me. And I literally felt the Lord say, yeah, and when did you do that to me and I forgave you? And I was like, okay, God, all right. And here's the thing. The more that I look to the cross and see all that he's forgiven me of, I can't help but begin to pour that out onto other people as well. Number six, you're confident and courageous in gratitude. Not in in a place of arrogance, but I'm confident and courageous. So I'm able to be bold and I'm able to be um, secure, but I'm doing it out of a place of gratitude. And I've found that you cannot be arrogant and thankful at the same time. And the more I have gratitude, the more it melts away arrogance. So, in gratitude, I'm recognizing that without God, I'm nothing. I'm giving the credit to the Lord. I'm giving the credit to my team. I'm giving the credit to my staff. I'm giving the credit to the support of those around me. And as I'm more grateful, the more confident and courageous I begin to become. Why? Because the focus isn't on me. It's on others and it's on God. And so I would encourage you, like, see how grateful you are. Like when you leave out of a success, my thought used to be, wow, I'm so good. I hope I can do that good again next time. And i found now when i leave from something that's successful i think wow god thank you so much for showing up god thank you so much for my team that served and and went the extra mile god thank you so much for the people that showed up and and gave their gifts talents and abilities to make this possible what what i'm saying is a sign that you've grown is just your heart overflows with gratitude of god is good and not i am good Number seven, and this is the last one, is that you begin to believe the best in others and give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I want to encourage you that I love that one of the definitions for love, it says that love believes the best. And you know, it takes just as much energy to believe the worst as it does the best. Uh, One leads us to feeling bitter and resentful and hatred towards somebody. But believing the best does the opposite. It unites us to them. It allows us to believe, uh, see the good, see the potential. Um, And I want to encourage you that whenever you start telling a story around something, watch when you've grown, when you start believing the best. And you start, maybe they said something mean and, and you go, well, maybe they didn't mean it that way. Maybe they were just having a difficult day. Maybe what they actually meant was this. And I love my counselor recently said, she said, Crystal, a sign of growth is when we stop controlling and we start being curious. And I was like, wow, that's so good. And she said, meaning by whenever we get hurt in the past, we want to control, right? We want to control how the situation went. We want to control the argument. We want to control, we want to control, like, I'm going to hurt them more than they hurt me. I want to control the conversation. I want to control the uh, outcome of whatever is going to happen. But she said, when you grow, you become curious. And so when something happens that's hurtful, you begin to ask questions instead of make assumptions. And I was like, wow. And she goes, I think a sign of growth is that we become really good question askers. And I was like, gosh, that's so good. And so I want to encourage you, like a sign that you're growing is you just start believing the best. You start entering situations with curiosity and not assumptions. You're going to come in and say, you know, I I heard this, but I don't think that was your heart. Can you talk to me more about what you meant when you said that? And you start just believing the best in people instead of coming in cynical and jaded. So I hope those seven things uh, spoke to your heart. And again, thank you so much for being here, for hanging out. Truly, it's so cool to see how God is using this podcast to help so many people and so from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for hanging out with me as always if you'll do me a favor share this podcast with somebody help us get the word out so we can help others you got so much out of today's content. Can you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on any new content here on my podcast? Also, one of the best ways for people to find my podcast is by you. If you will, share this podcast on your social media or maybe text it to a friend and help me get the word out so we can help others. Also, everything you need to know about today's podcast will be available down in the show notes. I also have a link for you to stay subscribed to my emails so you never miss out on anything that I have going on. So hey, thank you so much for being here and let's do something awesome for God this week.